What's up, Salem? This is a podcast where every other week we take a look at what's going on in Salem and all things Salem-related. My name is Joe Devine, the Assistant Town Manager here in Salem, and joining me on this journey is Ross Maldoff. How's it going, Ross? Great. Thank you, Joe. So we're going to be talking uh, to Joe Farrow today from Tuscan Branch. Joe, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Great. Thank you for coming in and having this conversation with us. Absolute pleasure. I think um, whenever anybody talks about Salem nowadays, they're talking, talking about the Tuscan. I mean, that seems to be the, um, the dialogue everywhere. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, you know, it was a vision that started a long time ago, and it's uh, super exciting to see it actually become a reality. So I think that will lead us right into our first uh, question. Joe, can you tell us a little bit about your background, sure. where you grew up, how you got into the food business, and what brought you to Salem? Okay. Well, we're gonna. You want to unpack? You want to unpack one. all of that in uh, in forty minutes? Um, so, so my parents are actually from Catania, Sicily, and they emigrated to Lawrence, Massachusetts, in the late fifties. Uh, and we grew up in a you know very modest uh, family. Uh, my father had his own business. Uh, believe it or not, he owned a uh, a shoe store, uh, which ultimately became a bakery. Uh, strangely enough. And, uh, you know, my sisters and I would work in that bakery and, uh, we, you know, we lived in Lawrence, Mass. And, uh, you know, it was always around the Merrimack Valley, you know, Lawrence, Salem, uh, Methuen, that area. And uh, we learned to work very hard. We learned to work, be very proud of what we did. Uh, we also learned at a very early age um, to, to give to those that are less fortunate than you. You know, my mom every afternoon would give... Um, you know, homeless people and different folks that would come into the bakery, that whatever leftover stuff we had, we would give it to them. And that kind of stuck with me my whole life. And as you know, as you know, I really do enjoy that uh, part of uh, Tuscan Brands mission. And um, yeah, I, would, I got into the food business in a very early age. I think it was uh, an alternative to daycare. Uh, actually, uh, where we were in the bakery uh, making, uh, you know, making boxes and filling cannolis and, and all of that stuff. But uh, it's, it's really kind of surreal when you think about the whole the whole ride. Now, you went into a uh, you told me a great story one time sure. about uh, making ravioli, stuffed ravioli yep. and trying to sell that. and <laughs> Nobody would buy it, yeah. uh, which is not the case now. But uh, you would go to uh, uh, restaurants in Boston, I think. It was, I, it was a good story. But yeah. I, I wondered, uh, you got into the food business yourself, right, at some point. Uh, you, you went off from the family. I did. I yeah. did. And um, so when I was at the University of New Hampshire, uh, my, my college career did not start out so great. Uh, believe it or not, I actually... Um, was on academic probation my first semester freshman year. My dad threw me out of the house. I went back to Lawrence uh, from Wyndham, New Hampshire, uh, excuse me, from Atkinson, New Hampshire at that time, uh, back to Lawrence, Massachusetts, lived with my grandmother, uh, worked my way back into school. And as a senior, I took an entrepreneurship course at the business school at the University of New Hampshire. And my, uh, my, my class thesis was Joseph's gourmet pasta and sauces. So I was going to make these artisanal pastas and sauces and sell them to restaurants and in, uh, in supermarkets and club stores in the New England area. Uh, and, and you know, we ended up uh, becoming the largest producer of fresh pasta and sauces uh, in the country, believe it or not. And uh, just a crazy story. You know, we ended up uh, selling the business to Nestle uh, in 2006, late 2006, early 2007. Stayed on for a couple of years and had a long non-compete. Um, you had a 10-year non-compete when I left in 2019. Uh, 2009, excuse me. So I really didn't know what to do. 
uh, a friend of mine told me about a piece of property <laughs> in Salem, New Hampshire. Uh, I believe it was Chris Goodnow, actually, if you yeah. recall. Um, yeah, I do recall. Someone yeah. we know very well. But I, I rem well, hold on, I just want to catch one thing, <laughs> because I remember you told me that you had, uh, you, you, you were, I think in your 30s or 40s, and it, you were young sure. and you had the money from the sale of the company sure. and you were all set yep. and you sat around for a couple of weeks and right. you said, I can't stand this. I, I got to get do out it. and do, I got to do something. You know what, Ross? I, I really enjoy the collaboration. I enjoy the people. I enjoy the creation. I enjoyed, you know, our collaboration. I enjoy building things. I enjoy developing people. I enjoy those relationships and, you know, to sell your company and, and have money was, is not necessarily always success, right? I think success comes from more than just money. I think success comes from, you know, your your life experiences and those that you could share with others. And so, you know, it, it was great. Uh, I think, you know, I needed a break at that time. I took it. Uh, the break didn't last very long. And uh, I, I really, I, I thought I was going to become like a career golfer or something. And uh, that didn't, I went to the, pro, I did. Pro golfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah professional, yeah. Uh, yeah, hot air blower. Uh <laughs> But I went to the Atkinson Country Club and I got a great set of clubs and I, and I uh, you know, hired a pro and, and uh, a year a year in I said, wow, I still suck at golf. So uh, <laughs> I think I know what I don't suck at and, and uh, I think the, you know, my world is better when I'm creating. So you met Chris and Chris showed sure. you some properties in Salem. He did. And uh, tell, take it from there. Wow. Uh, so. Chris showed me a group of properties uh, on Main Street in Salem. I think it was something like 57 to 67 Main Street in Salem, New Hampshire. It was a group of properties that was owned by the, the late Steve DeVito. Um, and there was a restaurant on the, on the property uh, as well. There was an old Grossman's Lumber on the property. Um, and then a bunch of, you know, different types of buildings. Um, you know, uh, there were some storefronts, there was some apartments, uh, there were some offices, there were old buildings. They were like white old buildings. It was a chiropractic uh, office, if I remember correctly. Um, and I just, you know, it's funny. I, I, my original intent, you know, I, I came into this thinking I was going to stay retired, uh, Ross, <laughs> but that, you know, as soon as I walked into what is now the, the Tuscan kitchen, for some reason, the light bulb went off in my head and I just, I, I could see, you know, making our own pasta, making our own bread. I could see, you know, celebrating those experiences with the, with the guests and the community and, 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 you know, our employees and all of that. But as I walked the property, believe it or not, that was when the original vision for a village yep. in Salem, New Hampshire was born. So I, I somehow, you know, don't ask me how this happened. I said, Chris, who could help me like put all this together? Chris introduced me to someone who we all know, uh, and his name is Mark Gross. Uh, and my goodness, Mark has been with us now for like 14 or 15 years and has had a huge part in, in the creation of the Tuscan village. Um, but, but Mark said to me, he said, well, I, I understand what you're trying to do, but if you want to do that, we have to take you to see one person, okay? He's, he's in the room today, he's this guy right here. Uh, and I'll, I will never forget this day in 2009. And I'm I, say, I, say, I tell this story a lot, and it's a true story. What, what was most impressive to me was 
Ross's passion, forget about meeting me. He didn't, he, he had been dreaming of this type of urban planning. So I guess you could call it suburban urban planning because I, some people can say I'm a little, um, attention deficit that I might, I might, uh, want to squirrel. Do. Yeah, <laughs> I might. And as I was explaining to Ross, my restaurant vision and some of the real estate development things that I wanted to do with that site, I couldn't help but look at his, his screensaver and Ross has got his screen behind him and it, it just kept scrolling through these images of these downtown centers all over the country. And honestly, there must've been hundreds of pictures. Uh, and you know, it, it, it turned into actually a really great conversation. Um, and that day, the Tuscan Brands Vision in Salem, New Hampshire uh, was born. And that day was in Ross's office and just talking about, Ross also gave me a couple of uh, examples and suggestions of what to see. And I believe I went to see a, a development in the Carolinas. Oh man, Ross, what was it? Do you remember the name of it? It was, uh, it, was it, it had several pictures on your screen. Anyway, um, but I started to visualize what was possible if you started to combine uses together. And of course, you know, anchored by the restaurant and then eventually the market. And, you know, we wanted to do, you know, really live, work, stay, play. That was kind of the vision. The, the original idea was to do that on Main Street, though, was. which was interesting. And uh, it was. Uh, the plans were great. And yeah. Two and three story buildings yeah. up close to the street, yeah. mixed uses. and. Uh, storefronts and create a little downtown there. We've been talking to Joe Farrow here on What's Up Salem, and we'll be back after this short break. Welcome back to What's Up Salem. I'm Joe Devine with Ross Maldoff, and we've been talking to Joe Farrow today about Tuscan Brands. Uh, tell us about getting involved with the with the racetrack. If sure, 100%. Yeah, I mean, we were in the middle of developing our vision for Main Street. Um, and as that was happening, and, and so, you know, 2009, we, we started the process of the plans for Tuscan Kitchen. We built Tuscan Kitchen in 2010. In 2012, we built Tuscan Market. During that time, we started thinking about kind of, you know, a mixed-use development that would kind of bring that whole site. And that site's probably nine acres or something like that. I, something like that, right? It had, a, you know, has Willow Street that kind of goes through the center of it. Or we made it go through the center of it, which I think was helpful for the development. Um, and during that time, the folks at the track, the original owners of the Rockingham Park, uh, several heirs to the Rockingham Park, right? The Carneys, the Keelans, the, you know, the Hugels, um, they, they were in the process of trying to entitle a very large casino resort, okay, on the track. And so, you know, obviously for me, I needed, you know, I wanted to understand what was going on next door, what were they doing, uh, how was that going to affect the major investment that I had put into, um, you know, the our own Tus little Tuscan village, right? So 57 to 67 Main Street, you know, we had built at that time, it's probably 2013 or 2014, you know, the market was bustling and the kitchen was bustling and we did some outdoor spaces out there. I always loved, Ross and I got along very well because I think we have an affinity for three things. Architecture, public spaces, and landscaping. And ice cream. And ice cream, and that's right. Gelato. <laughs> gelato. Gelato. Yeah. Yeah. Four things. Yeah, four things. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that that collaboration, you know, 
continued in a very positive light because every time I would do a development, I would put additional investment into these areas because I felt that I felt that they would benefit the business, but I also felt that they would benefit the community. And if you benefited the community, then that in turn benefits the business, right? So, I mean, I can't even probably 10 years in a row, the fifth graders saying Christmas carols, right? On that beautiful little, you know, it wasn't big, but it was a, a beautiful, it was our little piazza that we built between Tuscan Kitchen and Tuscan Market. We would, you know, we would put a lot of time and energy and, and some money into a Christmas you know, a little Christmas village right there and build a Christmas tree. And I, I just really enjoyed seeing the community get together. I don't even know why that is. It just was something that, that gave me great uh, gratification. And we were really able to bond with the town of Salem through those, just through those events and through some of those community interactions. Uh, we created a great relationship with the town and then ultimately the state so you could tell the folks at Rockingham Park were, were having a tough time, you know, with the entitlements. I don't think that um, New Hampshire was ready for expanded gaming at that point. I think that there were a lot of questions around it, and I think there was a tremendous amount of opposition. Um, you know, I, I followed it. I, I got to know these guys uh, a little bit, and I could see that they were starting to get to a place where they were going to try to reposition the property. At that time, Ross and I had really been working on, you know, I, I still have, I have to show it to you, actually. You, you, you got you to gotta come to my office and visit because I found the original renderings to the Main Street, Tuscan Village. Yeah, I, I have a reduced version. You, of yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and I'm going to frame them and I'm going to put them in my office because that's kind of where the whole thing, you know, was born, right? But, but they came to me and they said, hey, we're having trouble. Okay, entitling this vision of ours, we're gonna we're gonna downsize it, and we're gonna chop off 50 acres, uh, the part that abuts you. So so there is a municipal parking lot right across the street uh, from the Tuscan on Main Street, right, and that municipal parking lot abuts what what used to be uh, the 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 stables, the really the the I guess the back of house of the Rockingham Park hundreds of stable buildings and all kinds of like jockey buildings. It was literally like a little city. And, you know, I looked at it and I was right in the middle of, of trying to permit and entitle, you know, what we were going to create as a vision for the Tuscan village on Main Street. And I just said, time out. This is a phenomenal site. This is a great site. It's right on Route 28, right? Uh, you have access to exit one out the back. You know what I'm saying? You have access to exit one from Route 28. Uh, you've got a 50-acre landmass. We started then to negotiate the purchase and at the same time the master plan for those 50 acres, right? Once again, my friend here and I started to really dig in to think about, it, you know, what could it be? What does Salem not have? What do we, you know, what do we visualize? One thing about me, you know, I'm, I'm certainly a very, um, you know, I, I think I like about this a lot, actually. I'm very ambitious, obviously, but, and I, and I am definitely very persistent, but I am collaborative and I try very hard to work on that because it has to be, has to be good for everybody, right? And at the, at the end of the day, what gave birth to the Tuscan Village was a blank whiteboard. 
And on that blank whiteboard, everybody was in the room and just said, what's the, what's the vision for downtown Salem? Yeah, we were lucky too, uh, not to interrupt, but we had a master plan that had been done oh, yeah. in 2001. And we talked about the idea, well, if it, we want the race, racetrack to prosper sure. and to stay here, but if they're gone, because some people on the planning board, uh, particularly uh, Gene Bryant and Jim Keller had said, we gotta, we gotta get ready yeah. for and, and they were right. The they were ahead of their time. For they that. were, and they said, "What, what do we want to see there?" So we put. It was really simple. It was just some bullet points about what we wanted to see: mixed uses, combination of restaurants and retail, and uh, hotels and entertainment and residential, and you know, a lot of some open space and some. Uh, we didn't want a lot of driveways on 28. So we had put that vision sure. together in very pr primitive form in our master plan of 2001. And I think that helped. It helped a lot. And, and the other thing that helped a lot, I think, was that the two of us were researching that heavily, right? And so you were looking at urban master planners. We were looking at urban, you remember this now. You were looking at urban master planners. We were looking for urban master planners. And we found a young man out of Cambridge, Massachusetts by the name of David Chalinski. And David is, is really probably, I think you could say one of the, one of the most prolific, you know, master planners, at least in New England or in the Northeast or even in the country. And he, you know, it, it was someone that kind of Ross and I found at the same time. And Ross said, hey, you should really talk to this guy. Talk. We, I really didn't. The thing with me is I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Right. And everything that I've ever done, I've never done before. Right. If that makes any sense, I, maybe that doesn't make sense. But. So, so how, you know, we buy the property, right? We buy the property. And I think we're skipping over the step where, where they, you know, the Rockingham Ventures folks went at it one more time. The, the legislature <laughs> lost by one vote, okay? And now they said, we're going to sell the whole thing. So without going into, we could have a whole other podcast of that bidding process and how that happened. And, and I will tell you that I was not, I'm, what I'm, I'm proud of most, and, and it's not money, it, I was not the high bidder on the property, okay? What I was, was somebody who was a, a Merrimack Valley born, um, you know, self-made, community-centric, uh, action speaks louder than words developer. And I was very proud of the fact that I was selected uh, to become the developer for this, for really what, Russ, do you realize it's New Hampshire's largest development project in history? Yeah. I mean, bigger than the Verizon Center, right? It's, it's so, so that, that meant a lot to me. And, and ultimately what was also pretty cool and there was a lot of buzz around this time. Remember this? The, the Rocking Adventures guys would go see you, and the prospective suitors would go see you, and there was just a lot of a lot of angst around who was going to get the Rockingham Park. And what I found to be amazing was the Rockingham Ventures folks selected the developer that was best for the community. They could have gone, and it wasn't. The disparity, you know, it was a closed bid. This disparity was not as big as people think, but but I was definitely not the high bidder. And, you know, they... they you offered they, two things that I don't think anybody else offered. Uh, you, I think, were willing to buy uh, the property without... You got it. Uh, the That's improvements right. 
and any normal developer would never have done that. Yeah. They would say, well, we'll buy it contingent on sure. getting our approvals. Yep. And that's exactly right. I, I think even though you're, you weren't the high bidder, I think that was something that nobody else yep. would do. And I think you, uh, I mean, the story I heard was that you paid cash as opposed to, we did. uh, you know, depending on financing or something. So I, you know, it's amazing. We bought a horse track. Okay, that that you know was trying to permit a casino, and I ended up betting on. The, <laughs> I ended up betting <laughs> all in. I ended up betting. It's definitely a gamble. It was a gamble. It but, was. But I've been gambling my whole life, and I, 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 you know, we have a lot of faith in in our collaboration with all of our constituents. You know, in this case, it was the town of Salem, was the state of New Hampshire, it was the tenants, it was the so many, so many, many people. Uh, our, we have a great team that believe in us, uh, and we believe in them. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, it was, it was, it, there was some serendipity involved here. I mean, I, you yeah. just have to say it the way, way it is. There was some we're, I'm just a regular guy from Lawrence, truthfully. And, and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that have to come together to make that type of, of transaction happen. And then that was really just the beginning. And that was a big mountain to climb to get all that to work, but that was really the beginning, right? So Ross and I want to thank Joe Fair for coming on to this podcast. Um, we want to have everyone stay tuned to part two and we'll talk about what's next. For Tuscan Village. What's Up Salem is produced by the Town of Salem, New Hampshire, in cooperation with Salem Community Television and Salem CTE programs. Your hosts are Joe Devine and Ross Maldaff. Line recorder today was Tom Giarusso. Editor and producer, Nick Donovan. For more information, go to whatsupsalemnh.com or contact us at whatsupsalemnh at gmail.com.